0: Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science
1: was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging.
2: Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist.
1: Live! A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching.
2: Good morning, I am Heather Caro.
3: My name is Father Tim Smith. We
2: are your lovely hosts for this morning's Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting to you from cloudy Sioux Falls, South Dakota this morning.
3: And it's great to be here in our listening area, especially on this May 1st, the Commemoration of St. Joseph the Worker (laughs) in our Holy Church.
2: Absolutely. Well, before we get too far, Father, will you uh, start us in prayer?
3: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for all the blessings of this day. We ask that you would watch over us as we go about our daily duties and work. We ask that you would strengthen us and help all the responsibilities entrusted to us throughout our listening area be a source of sanctification in our lives and help us lead and follow as disciples of Jesus Christ. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
2: Amen. Well, it's been a while, Father. I'm glad to have you on the show. I'm glad that you're my co-host this morning, driving the ship.
3: Well, it's beautiful to be here this Easter season, as we look forward to the beautiful coming of spring, as well as the springtime in the life of the church, and all the blessings that the Lord is bestowing upon us.
2: Spring is coming. Yes. It's, they say. It's here. <laughs> they say. <laughs> Well, we've got an exciting morning. Lots of things going on this morning on the show. And before we get into any of the interviews, let's get a preview from Aaron up in Fargo. Good morning, Aaron. Oh, good morning. How are you guys? Good. good. How are you? What do we got going on this morning?
0: Absolutely. We have a great show coming up today. In this first hour, we've got Jeff Copenhaver. He will share the beauty of the bond between father and son and how we can relate that with Jesus' relationship with his father, After that, Father Tim will be taking your questions and comments during our Straight Talk call-in segment. Then in the second hour, Father David Krogman will share with us the beauty of how you can walk more closely with Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. Stay tuned to hear more about that. Then gear up for the 10-minute tour of local events, and you won't want to miss what seminarian Paul Gardner looks forward to this summer and his journey in the seminary so far. All this and more coming up here on the show today. Back to you guys.
2: All right. Thanks, Aaron. We've got lots of great guests this morning, Father.
3: Looking forward to just hearing about all the good things happening in our Real Presence the Do you remember network. being a
2: seminarian? <laughs> I do. I was just
3: reminiscing about it last <laughs> night with uh, Father Darren, my the priest that I live with in the rectory. And uh, just amazing to think of all those seminary days. You spend seven or eight years living in yeah. a seminary in a, in a community. Um, but many of those lessons continue to nourish you. And, of course, there's always fun stories and, and great personalities and, and other men you meet along the journey of discerning the vocation. Were
2: you in the same ordination class?
3: No. Uh, Father Darren was ahead of me. But, okay. Uh, you know, it's a great opportunity because in the uh, the seminary uh, formation, you get to meet other uh, people that are along the journey with sure. you. And so it's a great gift, and, and especially all the men that you meet in seminary from all our listening area here at Real Presence Radio. It, yeah, it really you get an experience of the Universal Church.
2: I love it. I love it. Well, let's get started. We have a great first host, or guest this morning. I'm excited to talk to him. We're going to be talking about father son relationships, and we have Jeff Copenhaver on with us. Good morning, Jeff.
1: Good morning. Good morning. We're, I'm uh, pleased to be uh, part of the show and. Uh, out on the airways today,
2: well, and you are up in our Fargo studio, so how is it up in Fargo
1: uh, about the same as there a little, <laughs> little cloudy but, a little cloudy uh, it, it well, this too shall pass
2: yes that 's true, hopefully, but it 's good for our good for our lawns, good for our flowers, if we have any started but so we wanted to talk today about the relationship of the Father and the son and how it reflects god 's love to his son. How do you see this play out? You have a son of your own. How do you see that in your relationship?
1: I thought uh, I should probably tell you a little bit about myself and uh, Mm -hmm. contemplated how this bond developed. So I'll talk a little bit about that. So I'm happily married to my wife, Carolyn. Uh, It'll be 27 years in June. She's been putting up with me. (laughs) Um, You know, early on in our marriage, I wasn't sure if it was God's plan for us to have children, but Prayers were answered, as were many times throughout history and in the Bible, and I was blessed with two sons, uh, Nathan, who is 23, and Eli, who is 18. And uh, these sons, uh, they didn't come with an instruction manual. Darn
2: it. (laughs) It's like,
1: uh, okay, so now what do I do? So as I contemplate how the bond develops, there really were uh, three most influential persons that contributed to that bond, and first of all would have been my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, a helpless young baby and had to rely on the, my father uh, who protected, for, protected me, provided for my needs, wanted the best for me, and taught me. And so that was the earliest instruction. Uh, God was, God's love was in my heart. But I didn't know him as well at that young age, mm-hmm. so it was my father who first uh, helped to influence me, mm-hmm. and then uh, the second, uh, secondly, would be uh, God the Father. Uh, obviously, a huge impact, and uh, the relationship between God and Jesus, and God the Father also protected Jesus uh, from Herod and. 40 days of temptation with the devil and uh, provided for Jesus' needs, provided the Holy Family and provided for his needs during 40 days of fasting. Uh, He wanted the best for his son. He sacrificed his son for our redemption and therefore has a name above every other name. And uh, he also taught Jesus. As, as Jesus told, him, told us himself, he came to do his father's will, mm. and Jesus obeyed. So those were the two first very important examples of of how to be a father. And third, uh, coincidentally, on May 1st is the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, and uh, I feel a special devotion to St. Joseph also. Uh, again, he protected Jesus and the Holy Family, provided for their needs, wanted the best for them, and, uh, and, and taught Jesus um, not only skills, but he also helped to teach Jesus how to be human because yeah. he was God first, and he came to be with us. So I believe uh, Joseph obviously taught Jesus from an early age what it meant to be human. So those three examples really I, I rely on to help influence me in developing uh, the bond with my sons and to teach me how to be a father. Because, like I said, they don't come with an instruction manual. There's a lot to figure out, and there are very, very three uh, important uh, contributors. So what did I learn from that? Well, I learned I've got to sacrifice. Uh, I learned a life of service. It's not about me anymore. It's about the family and the children. And uh, I learned that my life is an example. Um, I always want it to be a good example. It's not always a good example. Sometimes it's a bad example, but it's still a teaching example. Mm-hmm. I want the good examples to be better than the bad examples. So that's really, uh, you know, how this bond developed is learning how to be a father and then, uh, being an example to your children. And, you know, over the course of their life as they, they mature and they become more in tune just as I have. I've learned, uh, so much more about God by being a father myself uh, than when I was young. So I, I can see that the way God loves us and and extends His mercy and kindness, and that's helped me to be a better father and to understand God better. So
3: that's a beautiful reflection, Jeff, especially on just how you know your father and God has been instrumental in showing you the path to fatherhood. I think of in my own life as a priestly father in the ritual of baptism. And at the end, there's a blessing for the mother of the child. And then there's a blessing for the father of the child. And many of the things you just reflected upon, Jeff, are part of that prayer of blessing about this teacher of his child and the ways of the faith, Mm -hmm. of course, reflected in St. Joseph's own life, who would have taken Jesus to the temple and and Mm -hmm. taken Jesus and and showed him the the book of the Old Testament and, and the way of honoring and worshiping God, even though he was God's own son, that St. Joseph was also imparting these teachings. And so it's a beautiful reflection of that responsibility of fatherhood, but also all the blessings that come with it. You know, Jeff, you mentioned there are lots of learning opportunities, good examples, bad examples. What sort of activities do you do with your sons? Uh,
1: I think uh, it's very important for fathers to be involved in the life of their children. And... As, as much as you can and, and it doesn't have to be grand events all the time it's just spending time you know the simple things in life you want to create memories for them along the way and uh, you want to create a lot more memories uh, good memories than not so good memories so that's that's uh, and and how you do that is is uh, through practice, having time to spend with them. And, and that's the most important thing, I believe, is uh, to develop that bond, is to to be involved in their lives and spend time with them. Uh, I think back on my own father, it's a little sad, but he, you know, his father was not around. Uh, there are circumstances behind that, but he had to carry that burden his whole life. And, uh, you know, that, that had an impact, obviously, but I think that also taught him how to be a a uh, better father for me so mm. there's there's lessons come out of everything but most importantly to to spend time with them and uh... you know we we have certain traditions that we've done over the years and uh... you know it is important also uh... to be involved with other families too obviously uh... one of the things that we do on a yearly basis is uh... get a group of dads and sons together and we call it father-son camping and this will be the seventeenth year that we've done it in a row and, uh, you know, it's very satisfying. Uh, we get out there and boys can be boys and, uh, you know, um, that's just one of the traditions that, and activities. But there are many more and it's really our job as parents are to expose them to as many things as possible and see what they naturally migrate to. It's, it's not all about, uh, you know, following in my footsteps, but mm-hmm. creating opportunities for them and, and let them be their own person.
2: Well, and thinking about fathers and sons, sometimes the relationship can be awkward. Um, Sometimes if you didn't have a good father to give you examples as a, a man or as a young boy, and then now you're trying to raise a son, what advice would you give to fathers who feel a little bit awkward with their sons?
1: Well, again, I, I would go back to what what helped me is uh, thinking about you know the relationship with your father if it wasn't as good you know what can you learn from that, mm-hmm. and then also relying on God the Father and, and Saint Joseph, um, trying to you know imitate their lives and learn from them and so you know how to how to interact with your own. With your own families it's a it's a very great teacher and uh mm-hmm. you know you learn humble service through that and uh but it's you know it, it's very important and, and it's not only the father-son bond obviously but uh, you know the Holy Family as an example. It's it's just as much important the mother son bond mm-hmm. and uh, the father mother bond. They're all complementary. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the father son. It's important for fathers to teach their sons what it what it means to be a man and not be ashamed about that. But I don't mean that in a chauvinistic way. Mm-hmm. You know, my you know, I, I if if i had to raise my children myself i you know <laughs> i don't know how they would have turned out without my wife there you know we're very <laughs> complementary to each other and yeah and you need all three of those bonds it's a trinity within the family that's that's very important and if some areas are lacking then hopefully it can be made up in in other areas uh to overcome but you know it's it's very important uh god's plan of the holy family is just uh is when you contemplate it it's just uh you know he, he knows much more than us, and, and his plan was put there to help us. And, and you know, the attacks on the family now are very serious. People are, mm-hmm. are confused. And, and how do we combat that? Um, we combat that by being the best parents we can be.
3: Well, we're speaking with Jeff Koppenhaver, and we're talking about fatherhood and the special bond between father and son. And we have a special giveaway today here on Real Presence Radio um, for the first two callers who call us at 877 will win one of two books called Show Us the Father, which is authored by Devin Schott. And these books, listeners are able to read about the seven secrets to be a father on earth, like our father in heaven, as we've been reflecting upon with Jeff in our current discussion. And again, if you want to win a copy of those books, you can call at 877 to win a copy of the book, Show Us the Father by Devin Schott. Jeff, you know, how have you seen God work in your life? Especially, what are some of the resources you've drawn upon? Whether it's parts of scripture, you mentioned Saint Joseph earlier. What have been your inspirations in living that relationship with your sons, with God at the center of it?
1: Well, uh, scripture, obviously, and uh, um, the example that you know over the uh, from those three people that contributed uh, uh, to my learning, obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's studying the life of St. Joseph, uh, there wasn't, there isn't a lot in Scripture about him, and mm-hmm. he's a, a very silent partner somewhat, but uh, it, so you have to dig more into other writings about him, and, and... Um, uh so th- so that has been very influential learning more about his life and how humble and and you you start to contemplate things that you never thought about before because it's not right there in the Bible and when you think about the things that he did and he accomplished and how humble of a servant he was uh, he really is has been a big inspiration and uh you know I I wear the Saint Joseph's scapular as a reminder uh, a continual reminder for myself to strive to do better as a, as a father and a, as a spouse.
2: Well, and I I think Jeff, the important part that we've heard from you um, through talking about this is that it's a journey and it's learning. And you know, how old are your sons, Nathan and Eli? Uh,
1: twenty three and eighteen.
2: And so you still are talking about figuring things out, even you know, as they're older, um, young gentlemen and. So I think that's an important thing to remind parents out there is that it's a journey and that you've never quite ever have it figured out.
1: Absolutely. Your children are always your children. They'll always be there and you want them to feel that they can rely on you no matter what part of life. you know They go off and they start their own lives, but you want to be a rock for them Mm -hmm. throughout their lives. And and it truly is a journey for, for your entire life here and beyond.
2: Amen. Well, Jeff, any last thoughts before we go? We only have about 30 seconds. 30
1: seconds. Okay. Well, uh, I guess most importantly, what I've learned is God doesn't expect me to be perfect. Uh, He just expects me to do my best. And uh, the same, I feel the same about my sons. I don't expect my sons to be perfect. I just expect them to do their best and continue that journey, continue uh, uh, a life of faith. And uh, it'll get us to the end destination together.
2: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. The pleasure is mine.
2: All right, so we have a couple of winners for the books. Travis from T and Ozzy from Kindred, North Dakota called in and got those two books, so that is excellent. We're gonna take a quick break. Um, We look forward to having you back. Coming up next, there is a question about faith or anything going on in the world around us that you might have. Get those questions ready. We'll have our Straight Talk segment at 9.30. And later, how do we make life, death, and resurrection of Jesus more tangible? Father David Krogman of the Diocese of Sioux Falls will give us the details, along with a special event coming up. All this and more right here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
0: There's also that, that bit of humility too, which is you know, never be afraid to say, you know what? I really don't know. I need to go look that up and and use and and use the resources available to you. There's nothing that will probably turn people off more of just not being genuine about where you are. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, I, I wonder, you know, I'm a cradle Catholic. And I I often wonder with with the formation, you know, how many Catholics out there really have a really good, solid formation and really being able to know and embrace their faith. And that's the thing that I've enjoyed about Catholic Radio, just kind of bringing me back and challenging me to embrace that, as well as Real Presence Radio has been advertising for our Marriage Encounter weekends for free for so long. And that's one of the reasons why we are committed to giving back to Real Presence Radio because they've done so much and they continue to do for us without asking for anything in return. And so um, it's a wonderful thing when we give from our, uh, from our sustenance. We, we give because we believe in it and good things will happen and, and God will certainly bless those.
3: Hi, everyone. The Real Presence Radio Spring Live
2: Drive fundraiser is coming up May 8th through the 10th. Please plan to call in and pledge your support of your Catholic radio station. We'll be taking this family reunion all across the listening area throughout the three days from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have a blast, and we cannot do it without you. Please consider becoming an active member of this family of faith and hope if you're not already. It's the Spring Live Drive on the RPR network, May
3: 8th through the 10th.
0: Rapid City Catholic Schools welcomes you to the 39th Annual Mayfest Auction and Dinner, Saturday, May 4th, at the Rushmore Plaza Civic Center's Lacroix Hall, starting at 5 p.m. The event's theme is An Evening in Paris, and there will be a live and silent auction with hundreds of great items where all registered bidders will be entered in a drawing for one student to receive one year of free tuition. Event tickets are $65. For more information, contact Liz at 605-348-1477.
2: You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. Good morning. Welcome back. This is Real Presence Live on Real Presence Radio. I'm Heather Caro.
3: My name's Father Tim Smith.
2: We're broadcasting to you live this morning uh, from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. If I could remember where we're from, that would be good.
3: Well, it's beautiful (laughs) to be here in the Upper Midwest, and the Lord is blessing us and leading us through Uh, Great kickoff to the Easter season now that the octave of Easter is concluded and you know every day this week Heather at our celebrations of mass we have the option of celebrating a memorial for great saints. We had St. Catherine of Siena on Monday and St. Pius V on Tuesday and today St. Joseph the Worker, tomorrow St. Athanasius and on Friday, there's another great saying, I, my mind is blanking <laughs> on me. Uh, but it's uh, yeah. so many wonderful celebrations. And it's it's this festive time. We remember holiness. We remember all the good things that God is doing in the life of the church. And so uh, what a blessing it is to be together this morning.
2: Absolutely. Well, and today's a special day because it is the feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And for us in the Sioux Falls Diocese, that's an extra special Um, event because that is our patron saint of the diocese that's correct and so it's a very special day to celebrate and the cathedral here saint joseph's cathedral in sioux falls has extra reasons to celebrate today father can you fill us in on that
3: so today is the 100th anniversary of the dedication of the cathedral and so 100 years ago on this date is when the Cathedral of Saint Joseph was dedicated in Sioux Falls. One of the one of the great cathedrals of the Midwest uh, was designed by a French architect named Masqueray, who is responsible for the Great Cathedral and Basilica in St. Paul in Minneapolis, as well as other beautiful churches in our listening area, like Holy Redeemer Parish in Marshall, mm-hmm. um, as well as some of the other great cathedrals, which are down in uh, Kansas City, and, and, yeah. and or Wichita, Kansas, excuse me. And so a great contribution to sacred architecture. And just yesterday on Real Presence Live, Father Brian Gross was talking about how you know, this Easter season is, is a time for us to make a little pilgrimage, make a destination, mm-hmm. whether that's to a church you've driven by and you've never pulled off and, and made a visit to the Blessed Sacrament there, whether that's your own cathedral or a beautiful your even your own parish church, to mm-hmm. this time of year to make an intentional effort to go and experience the beauty of the church in these sacred spaces and I have an invitation for all of you come to to my parish, the cathedral yeah. of saint joseph this evening we 're going to be celebrating a mass with His Excellency Paul Swain. And it's a hundred year commemoration of the dedication of the Cathedral of St. Joseph. And of course, there'll be a great festivity and solemnity as we celebrate the Holy Mass and just gather with God's people and remember what the Lord has been doing here in the last century.
2: Well, and I hate to bring this up, but I know it's on the minds of a lot of people around the area. Uh, Father, Father, Bishop Swain had a little bit of health issues. How's he doing?
3: He's doing very well. Uh, Just this last Sunday, we celebrated the television television televised mass, which goes all over uh, the state of South Dakota and southern Mm -hmm. Minnesota. And so uh, I assisted him with that, and he's doing wonderful. He's, Good. he's able to celebrate the prayers of the church, and we're so grateful for his leadership, Absolutely. and especially his his participation in the renovation of our cathedral space. Yeah. And, of course, all our great cathedrals and churches that we have in our listening area, whether you're in North Dakota, northern Minnesota, in Duluth, or, or in Fargo, that we want to recognize that we have these beautiful spaces that the Lord has entrusted to us to care for, and at times they need uh, care. They need renovation. Sometimes oh, ours they def- can be
2: definitely dead. They can be
3: beautified, <laughs> and so if you can see what it was like before and what it's mm-hmm. like today, it's such a beautiful place to gather and, and celebrate Holy Mass and yeah. just experience the grace of life of God and in, in, in the Church. And so that those these are monumental tasks, and, and of course under the patronage of St. Joseph the Worker, that that work and labor is something that can really help us. Um, that, that It involves our participation in the church to make sure that our spaces are beautiful and, and for the honor and glory of God.
2: All right. Well, the cathedral has a lot of events going on, and there's something going on every evening this week. Can you Briefly go through what's happening.
3: Yeah, well, we can recap. We had Bishop Donald Kettler, who himself was a former rector of our cathedral, give a presentation on the history of the community in the parish in the last hundred years. That was on Monday. Last night, we had world-renowned architect Duncan Stroik, who... Those of you who are fans of church architecture may recognize his name because he's an award-winning architect and really has taken on his mission to make sacred spaces and churches, our Catholic faith, come alive. And so he gave a wonderful presentation last night. This evening, we're going to have a wonderful uh, celebration of Holy Mass at 7 p.m. and honor the dedication of the cathedral. And then tomorrow evening, the Cathedral of St. Joseph Choir will be doing a performance, and that's at 7 p.m. in the cathedral space. And then on Friday evening, we're having a parish celebration, Mm -hmm. and the whole listening area is invited and we're going to have an opportunity for you to um, join with us we'll have music song and just an opportunity for us to experience and share catholic life with one another
2: yeah that and, should be a lot of fun
3: and so we're, it's always an opportunity to, to get together and, and share life and of course as you always hear on real presence live there's always great things happening in our parishes and our neighborhoods where we can you know share our life and especially in this easter season just glorify god
2: hmm Absolutely. Well, it's a it's a great celebration and a great reason to celebrate, and I'm excited about it. I'm not going to be able to be there Friday, though, Father. I know you were going to be looking for me. Well, I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> I'll
3: keep an eye out for you. I'm sure we'll, there'll be uh, great beverages and uh, fun activities, and of course, this is also kickoff of wedding season, and oh, this, uh, I'm sure many of you have those saved the dates rolling in your own mailboxes in our listening uh, area, and, and we're, we too are... Uh, getting ready for the sa- celebration of the sacrament of holy matrimony and of yeah. course now we're in this easter and in summer season that means that you know we're also going to be preparing as we get ready to journey with men and women who are entering into that sacramental life of holy marriage well and, and so, i'm just
2: listening to you talk and it's just you know you think about okay once we get over this season it, it'll it'll calm down a little bit and once we get over this season it'll calm down well it doesn't well that's the, the church is very alive
3: there's so much <laughs> happening and of course, we'll, we'll be having uh, a priestly ordination soon. And I know I here know. on Real Presence Radio, you're going to hear from some of the, the men to be ordained to the diaconate and to the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on in the show, we'll talk to some seminarians. And so there's always great things happening in the life of the church and uh, don 't believe the hype uh, if you <laughs> want to live the life of the church, then prepare to be busy there 's always great things happening, and the Lord and the Holy Spirit is with us in these Easter days and so these are all the source of our our joy and, and cause for great rejoicing
2: amen so good time, good time in the church and it 's the Easter season in the church and Life just keeps getting busier.
3: Well, St. Philip and St. James, that's the other feast day on Friday. I should have remembered that because oh. that's my patron saint, St. James's, uh, okay. for my baptismal saints. So, uh, of course, it's a great gift to have all these wonderful celebrations, too, where we can maybe sing some songs and, and honor the apostles and mm-hmm. and uh, just all the great gifts that God has bestowed yeah. upon us. Mm-hmm. Heather, have you done, been doing anything extra special for Easter? Have Did you... Uh, r- run out there and grab some candy <laughs> to break your Lenten fast or anything?
2: Well, we went to the Easter Vigil, which was absolutely gorgeous, and, at the cathedral. Um, I uh, w- don't tell Father Fox that I went there instead of C- Christ the King, but I just there's something that's just beautiful about celebrating it in the cathedral. I grew up in a cathedral. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, just beautiful and the rejoicing and when all the lights come on and there's just something about it. And we were going to go out for breakfast afterwards and went home and went to bed.
3: <laughs> well, it gets quite long. We had a big catechumen this year. That means lots of baptisms and confirmations. And, yeah, so, and so. that's a joy too. We have new members of the church right now. And so make sure to reach out to them and invite them to any of the great things happening in your
2: parish. That's right. So here we go. okay well folks that is the signal that it is 9 30 in the morning and it is time for straight talk 877-795-0122 is the number you can call if you have any questions about the faith or current events, we will try and answer them for you this morning, 877-795-0122. It's your opportunity to talk to a local priest. Father Tim Smith will be answering any questions you might have. You can also submit any questions on Facebook. We will get them there also. So, 877 795 We already have a question that's been waiting, Father. All right. So we're off to a quick start this morning. The question is, would you please discuss what a spiritual director is? Is your spiritual director your pastor? Some reference their spiritual director in their faith development and will bring a particular faith issue or problem to them. Thank you. And it was submitted by Anonymous.
3: Well, this is a great question and often something for those who are living the life of grace, which means that they're regularly practicing their Catholic faith and they're devoted to sacramental practice. And so the first thing that for a recommendation in regards to a spiritual director is make, first thing I would say is a spiritual director is someone that's going to be your, your sounding board, the person that will journey with you in your life of faith and your in your spiritual practice uh, most importantly, there's all the basics that we have in our Catholic faith, which is, you know, you want to make sure before you think about spirit, do I need a spiritual direction? The first thing first would be let's just practice our Catholic faith in, in mm. an ordinary way. So let's keep those precepts of the church. Let's make sure that we have regular attendance at Sunday mass, but perhaps you're going through a particular challenging you're saying, yes, Father, I've been a practicing Catholic, you know, I'm really faithful, but I want to go deeper in my relationship with with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I want to, uh, you know, discern, I have... I'm discerning my vocation perhaps. And, and these are areas where there's a cause to have perhaps someone who can give you specific direction. Another example is perhaps you're going to go on one of these great retreat opportunities we have in our listening area in any one of the dioceses, where there might be an opportunity to go on a seven day retreat or a weekend retreat. Mm-hmm. And you may have an opportunity there during your time of prayer and your holy hours to meet with a spiritual director who will be that person to listen to help you understand what the Father is communicating to you, what what Jesus, what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life of faith, and to perhaps guide you if you have any questions about discernment on, is this from God, is this not from God, is this something Mm. in my own past history that is reoccurring in my life Mm -hmm. um you know ongoing spiritual direction outside of a retreat or a particular experience where you've been assigned usually depends upon a person's state in in life and so oftentimes young people in a university or college setting certainly those who are discerning religious life or a priestly vocation as well as those who may be discerning you know the diaconate later on Mm -hmm. in life that having a spiritual director and Uh, typically a priest but not always someone who's received good formal training in the art of spiritual direction Um, that person can help guide you through some of these challenges and and help you discern what is God's will for my life and so there's some great resources on, and uh, on what spiritual direction is and and the discernment of the spiritual life I know one of the great entry books on spiritual direction I think a lot of the writings of Father Timothy Gallagher who is a well known spiritual director in Ignatian spirituality but a lot of his writing. Uh, is very helpful in understanding that relationship between a spiritual director and a directee, and so the question, the response would be, you know, a spiritual director is a person who can be your guide. Um, it's a commitment. Uh, those who would approach me for spiritual direction, um, the onus is on them. There's a certain expectation of a regularity in your prayer life Mm -hmm. as well as a rule of life. What, so that your life is structured and how you live that relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the great comments I ever had, I knew a priest in Rome and he, his spiritual director just told him straight out, I'm a busy person. If you want anything out of this, you need to put in the work. If you don't want to do that, then you can find another spiritual director because Um, it's not a matter of just taking up another person's time, but it is the responsibility on us as being committed to that life of prayer. And so, um, You know, another good book on spiritual direction um, is written by the late Father Thomas Merton. And so Father Merton has lots of books. Some of them I don't recommend because I haven't found them helpful. But Mm. some of his early writings are good. And he has a small book on spiritual direction, which is very sound. And it's a good introduction to what spiritual direction is. And it's entitled Spiritual Direction by Thomas Merton.
2: All right. Well, and I know that um, I've talked about spiritual direction before and I always want a directory of spiritual directors, but that doesn't exist, folks. It's not out there. And the the best advice I've gotten when trying to find a spiritual director is to pray about it. And they, and one will be presented to you. And I think that's really important. So you're not going to find the directory. And I've also heard that spiritual directors are like um, doctors for your soul.
3: That's a great uh, analogy. And you think about, you know, this identity of a spiritual physician, that's, yes. that's Jesus, the divine physician. And so we also think about that person leading us to Jesus, yeah. the divine s- physician, who's the source of our healing. But, um, you know, great. There, there can be a number of complexities in human life. And so a, a spiritual director can help you lead through that so you can make a good discernment of what God's will is for your life.
2: Well, we've got another call on the line, but before we get to our next question on the phone, um, I want to encourage you. If you have a question for us, you can call us at 877-795-0122. I should say for Father Tim Smith more than me eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. If you have a question for Father Tim Smith, or you can submit it, submit it on Facebook. So now we're going to head over to the phone lines. Travis from T is on the line. Good morning, Travis. Good morning. Thank you for joining us, and you have a question for Father Tim.
3: Yeah, Father Tim, I was just curious, do you have any practical advice of how to live the Easter season? I just feel like uh, I've kind of fallen away already from my Lenten practices and just find myself eating a lot of Easter candy and stuff still, and I I just feel like there's something more to to be had this Easter season.
2: So looking for a better way to live the Easter season
3: you know uh, that's a great question i had a little difficulty in my my headphones hearing headphones. it completely travis but <laughs> thank you and and uh this is a great uh great invitation for all of us to live the easter joy and so one thing i know i've i've spoken to my parishioners about in the past is certainly we i know we're really intentional about living that 40 days of lent um and really making those sacrifices in our family um, but now that we're in, we might feel like we're in that rut, that Lent is over, and my invitation is to really explore the lives of the saints. Um, one of the great opportunities, and I've been talking about it this morning because it is remarkable, we have a different saint commemoration every day of this week
2: mm-hmm. and
3: of course we already might that it might already be part of our family or in our religious ed and about about our experience but perhaps to maybe take a time to read a little uh, a part of the life of the saints so one thing me and father darren do is we read the roman martyrology well we're a priest but <laughs> what that is what is the roman martyrology it is a really a synopsis of the life of the saints that have been celebrated in the catholic church um and every day you can do this many religious communities do this, but also it's an occasion for us to talk about their attributes and celebrate the great contributions that they did. And it also inspires us. And so one thing I want you to look at is the lives of the saints. Hmm. And that's my, and what that always does is that tends to inspire, it gives us an idea, but it also opens up our imaginations, Travis, so that your children and your wife and yourself can be inspired to think, yeah, what if I lived like Mm. uh, St. Clair or what if I lived like St. Francis or St. Dominic that's who inspired St. Ignatius of Loyola when he was in his own life he said what if I would become like one of those previous saints and that's the message of the apostles we're hearing about in this Easter season as well and so another invitation would be read the Acts of the Apostles you can read about Mm. St. Barnabas the son of encouragement you can read about Philip and James you can read about what the early members of the church were doing and they were filled with boldness and zeal and that's what we want to live this Easter season and so my invitation to you Travis is and and I'm sure you already do it but I want to have you double down your efforts is explore the lives of those saints and whether it's those books that you have with your children or whether it's the Roman martyrology if you want to get a copy of that you could buy one they're probably like <laughs> 70 bucks but go ahead But I want you to know that there's so many great opportunities. So look to the Saints. They're going to lead you in light and in love to great things this Easter season.
2: Does that help, Travis? Oh, very much. Thank you. All right. Thank you for your call all right well we are in the middle of straight talk with father tim smith uh, if you have any questions about faith or current events you can submit them to 877 795 or you can put them on facebook and we will get those um, answered from facebook also so i also had that question i had it actually written down here that travis just asked um celebrating Easter. But my question was geared more towards, you know, we spend so much time as Catholics in the 40 days, whether it be Advent or Lent, you know, preparing for the holiday and preparing for the season. And, you know, it tends to be anticlimactic. We spend so much time focusing that I think as Catholics, we forget the celebration part, you know, and so at Masses, maybe we need to pay more attention to the celebration of Easter.
3: Well, I certainly would encourage people to do that more, but also even this apostolic zeal to go out and share the good news of the Resurrection. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's that's what... The Lord has sent us. So so again, I encourage people, read the Acts of the Apostles and listen to that little tug in your heart Mm -hmm. where maybe you might be able to invite another person to Mass or share your faith Mm -hmm. with another person. Or when you experience that thought that says, hey, pray a divine mercy chaplet right now, that is coming from God. When you listen to those little holy inspirations that you might have, and when you do that, your faith becomes more alive and more concrete in your daily life. It's a great experience of, wow, like just inviting another person to experience the glory of of God is, you know, they'll they'll never know unless you invite Mm. them. So not long ago, I had one of our first communion, a second grader invited their school teacher. They go to a public school, Mm -hmm. and she said, Teacher, I'm having my first communion. You're invited to come to the cathedral for my first communion. And I... I was at the end of one celebration of mass and I met this teacher and she said, I've never been to a church before. Uh, I don't know. What do I do? Uh, And I I was able to give her a quick instruction. I gave her a copy of our our parish hymnal, which has the order of mass. I explained to her a good place for her to sit. I welcomed her. And so she could experience this powerful sacrament for her student, but also just have an understanding of what our Catholic faith is. And I I showed her the page where this, after the priest gives his sermon or his homily, then he's going to, we're going to all say this words. And this is what we believe as a church. I believe In god the father almighty i believe in jesus christ i believe in the holy spirit i believe in one holy catholic and apostolic church and i didn't explain it to its nth degree but i'm like you're going to experience in the liturgy of this mass what it means to be an easter people Mm. what it means to be a people who are filled with god's mercy and love and she was I, i talked to her afterwards and she was just in awe of this beauty of our catholic faith contrary you're not going to read about that in the newspaper but you can come and experience it but it also takes members of the church making that invitation and that invitation came from a second grader i love it and it transforms another person's life if we would have that boldness Mm -hmm. to be like little children to come to Jesus like like little children, if we would have that boldness with the people that are in our workplace, that are in our shop, that are in our university classroom, if we have that boldness, the world will be transformed by Christ. And so sometimes it does take a little one, a little child in our midst, like Jesus and the apostles uh, gave us a demonstration of, to show us how to live that faith. Because so oftentimes we can rationalize or say, "Oh, maybe I i don't shouldn't say anything, or mm-hmm. uh, because I know my brother-in-law doesn't like the church or and, and whatever the thing, don't be afraid. live know. it with boldness, and that's what transformed Jesus, and, and, and you know the, the power of the resurrection transformed the apostles. Peter and John being able to stand before the Sanhedrin and give testimony to the resurrection. Yeah. I mean, they weren't afraid anymore because they had the power of the resurrection. And and that's my invitation this Easter season.
2: Wonderful. Well, you're listening to Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. Father Tim Smith is here to answer any questions you might have um, related to faith or things happening around the world. Uh, You can give us a call at 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions you might have on Facebook. And if you want to remain anonymous, absolutely, and no questions too simple.
3: Well, you know, we're in the month of May now. We're celebrating St. Joseph the Worker, but Mm -hmm. it's also time for May crownings. And so that's something uh, in coming shows, you'll you'll hear more about this month of May in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. And so another way to keep you know, the, our faith alive would be to invite Mary into our homes, Mm -hmm. um, particularly in this month of May. And so we have a couple celebrations coming up, our lady of Lords, our lady of Fatima. Um, those are, those are feast days in the life of the church, but we can also think about honoring the blessed Virgin Mary. And you know what, if you're a gardener, maybe you want to make a little Marian grotto if you, or clean out clean out that area around your flower bed where perhaps you already have a statue of the blessed Virgin Mary Mm -hmm. to honor the mother of God. Yeah. Um, and that's a great example for us too during this month of May.
2: Yeah. Well, and there's so there's so much on Mary and especially if you want to, you know, start diving into the apparitions, there's great movies out there, there's great books out there, there's I mean just a ton. There's just a ton of information out there if you wanted to dive into our mother.
3: And there's a, it's a great blessing. Of course, a lot of parishes use form.org. That's a resource where you can uh, you have an opportunity to watch a lot of those great Catholic films and, and sit down with your family and your children and just have an experience of faith and then mm-hmm. uh, deepen your devotion to Mary, the Mother of God.
2: Yep. Well, we're waiting on your questions, folks. This is Real Presence Live, and we're doing Straight Talk right now. It's our segment that we do um, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where it gives you the local listener an opportunity to call in with any questions that you might have for father tim smith on the faith or current events that are going on you can give us a call at 877 if it makes you nervous you can just submit your question and we'll answer it without you having to talk on the radio i promise we won't torture you 877 <laughs> or you can submit any questions you might have on facebook
3: so i have something else heather for Ready. easter season okay. and, and this doesn't come from me but it comes from the church and so okay. there is an order uh, that gives instruction on celebration of mass and the liturgy of the hours and so all our priests have them in our churches And at the beginning of the Easter season, it has an instruction there. And it says, this Easter season is a particular time where homes and our workplaces and our fields and our flocks can receive a blessing. Hmm. And so it's my encouragement to all of our listeners that get your home blessed during the Easter season. Perhaps you've moved or relocated and you're Mm -hmm. in a new home. This is something that has always been a practice of our Catholic faith. It's an invitation to the priest or the deacon that they would come and do a blessing of your home. And this is doesn't really involve, usually the ritual of doing a blessing is a matter of 15 minutes. And it doesn't have to be an arranged meal where you have father come (laughs) over and have to create a big meal. Sometimes it might be better to maybe just have a cup of coffee. And then it's an opportunity for the priest to come to your home, to have an encounter with your family, um, as well as just to to bestow God's blessing upon your family. The priest will use the ritual of blessing and then take some holy water um, and sprinkle that holy water around your home. But also there's order of blessings for a shop or a factory or a workplace. And as a priest here in the Upper Midwest, it's not beyond me that I've blessed tractors before. I've Mm -hmm. blessed farm machinery. I've blessed even machinery that's used in seeds for farming the fields uh, and and treating the seeds. Not long ago, I was out west, and I I did a blessing of a seed dealership um, where they they get ready for the agriculture and the business. Sure. Um, As well as I've blessed livestock. And there are prayers given to us by the church for all of these things.
2: It's amazing, isn't it? It? Oh,
3: it's, It is amazing. <laughs> it's quite fun, actually. Yeah. And it's a great gift. There's even a ble- there's an old blessing for horses, which my deacon's wife has some horses. So I <laughs> said, I've got to get out to the house to use that or blessing even if your, horses.
2: your car if you travel a lot, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, important. <laughs>
3: so the Easter season and what's the sign of blessing it's about sanctification of daily life and so that the things that are ordinary parts of our lives can be helpful for us and that we can use them for the means of our salvation you know that right. that we're not just blessing these things as like some sort of superstition or anything but it's about recognizing that you know God is present and in all these blessings the Word of God sacred scripture it takes a preeminent role in that and it and usually there's a there's a a passage of scripture that directly relates to these good things in our life. And of course, we do blessings before athletic events yeah. and catechetical meetings and all sorts of things.
2: Right. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're uh, listening to our Straight Talk segment, you can join us by calling 877 uh, 795 We have another question. The listener is not on the phone, but they submitted it anonymous, anonymously, which you can do too, 877 to choose the number so the question is father what really helps him is being in the presence of the blessed sacrament and that hasn't been mentioned yet it has really improved his spiritual life it doesn't need even need to be adoration just in the presence of jesus in the tabernacle
3: what a great gift that is to recognize the lord jesus in his eucharistic presence and uh I know most a lot of our parishes have an opportunity for Eucharistic adoration several times a week here at our parish but I know in our listening area that this great devotion of just being in the Eucharistic presence of Jesus or making a visit to the church and and making a gen, genuflecting and praying before the tabernacle and just acknowledging that you know the risen lord is with us mm-hmm. the same Jesus who rose from the grave He's present sacramentally, substantially in his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. And so to be able to go and make that reference, um, there's many, in our city, there are several adoration chapels. And mm-hmm. so whether you're on the south end of town or in the west end of town or in the central part of the city, there are places where you can go and participate in Eucharistic adoration and just pray in the presence of the Lord. And ask for his blessing.
2: So, can you talk a little bit about the difference between um, why we have the monstrance out that holds Jesus versus just leaving him in the tabernacle? You well, know the difference between those two things.
3: Okay, so recognizing that the tabernacle is a place of reservation, and of course, the the key point of keeping the Eucharist in reservation is so that we are able to distribute Holy Communion to those who aren't able to be present. Um, And so we have even the order of deacons. We read about in the Acts of the Apostles that those who are able to go, but also as priests and for those who are on the journey towards heaven, especially those who receive viaticum, food for the journey on their way To eternal life and so oftentimes as a priest if i visit someone who's in hospice care or receiving serious medical care i'm able to visit them pray with them perhaps offer them the anointing of the sick and then the completion of that sacrament of of grace and of of love of course is ordered to the eucharist because that's the source and summit of our faith the catholic mass and and the presence of jesus in the eucharist and so so that that we have jesus present with us and so the distribution of Holy Communion um, outside of Mass is for those purposes mm-hmm. of, you know, helping others on the Christian life. Of course, we we also recognize that God is with us, and so this idea of a tabernacle, this, this presence, this, this place of where the Lord is with us in our parish, and so we can acknowledge His Eucharistic presence that's with us. But adoration is is a is there's an order of adoration, and so it's. You know, not just in itself, but it's all about recognizing Jesus who is present in the Blessed Sacrament. Um, so there's, there's more teaching on Eucharistic adoration, but, you know, it is, I do want to caution against, there. I have encountered as a priest, there are people who have not been going to Mass, but they say, Father, I go to adoration. And I have to advise anyone who's ever labored under that false understanding that that is incorrect. That sounds really strange, doesn't it?
2: I, I'm burrowing my forehead because I don't understand.
3: That. So, so here would be someone who who has a misunderstanding of the sacrament of Holy Communion, and that 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 just being in the presence of the Eucharist and maybe going to an adoration chapel, but. You know, we have an obligation as members of the faithful to assist at Holy Mass, and so on Holy Days of Obligation and on Sundays. And so that's what we're we're called to do as a people of God. It's the celebration of the sacrifice of the Mass, an act of adoration, which is allowing us to experience the Eucharistic presence of Jesus, to give him praise, glory, and honor. And, and it's an act of the will in our faith in mm-hmm. praising the Lord but it does not take the place of our of our obligation to be at the Eucharistic sacrifice itself, right. and so in um, it, you know, there can be a misunderstanding in people's catechetical formation, or perhaps um, they can misunderstand. Uh, what, what adoration is about. And so most importantly is to recognize that the center of the Christian life is the sacrifice of the Mass where Jesus' body and blood becomes present. And of course, Eucharistic adoration is a great opportunity for us to experience closeness of the presence of Christ. But a- adoration in itself does not take place of the celebration mm. of Mass.
2: That's interesting. So what should one do if they've never been to adoration? What do you do at adoration?
3: Well, most parishes have a, have a, have a missal or something, and in the back cover, it, it gives you a general instruction on the order of adoration. And so there's some Eucharistic hymns that are sung at the beginning. Um, some of them have been authored by great saints like St. Saint mm-hmm. Thomas Aquinas, as well as instructions in the divine praises where we give these, these words to praise and glorify God, as well as some closing prayers and responses with the priest and the people. And then the the conclusion of the celebration of Eucharistic adoration in its solemn form, not in a simple form, but in a solemn form Mm -hmm. is benediction. And that's when the priest imposes a blessing upon the people, and it's Christ himself who's there present in the Holy Eucharist that's blessing the people of God. And, of course, there's an order of adoration. Many of us maybe have experienced it throughout different times of our life when we're children. But I invite you just to use that order of adoration that's in your parish missal or perhaps they have a little guide to help you along the way mm-hmm. where you can experience that beautiful celebration and that rite of that blessing that comes to us.
2: Absolutely. One quick question that um, somebody has also submitted about adoration. Um When they have perpetual adoration, what happens if nobody can be present during one of the hours?
3: Well, you know, I myself, I wasn't always a priest. I was a businessman, and, you know, Eucharistic adoration is very critical to my vocation story because in my late 20s, that's when the Lord called me away from dropping the money bag and uh, following him. And uh, I really recognized that there were times that I would stay in the Eucharistic adoration, and if the other adorer wouldn't come, I can just give a testimony that I would stay and so sometimes that meant to, and I would do late hours of adoration so there were times where I would stay for several hours but I would also take it upon yourself to then if there isn't somebody that's, you know, recruiting or finding other people, then you can be that person Mm -hmm. to make sure those hours are fulfilled because we we do have a responsibility in our parishes um, to, you are the body of Christ. And so if you're not able to stay yourself because of time constraints, and believe me, as a priest, I know sometimes (laughs) the person coming after you is always five minutes late (laughs) and you're like, Sally, whoever is never on time. And I know all about what happens in parishes and Christian. <laughs> communities but the great gift is and i hope there's some people laughing out there because who of us haven't had that experience in parish or, or in mass of yeah. oh there they go again or whatever <laughs> but that's part of the humanness jesus wants to sanctify us he wants to yeah. redeem us in that and if, if we have any hard-heartedness we want to repent turn away from it and then let the lord transform us but certainly you know maybe you could be the person because oftentimes it, it requires someone to make the personal you know invitation mm-hmm. even doing a bulletin announcement or a pulpit announcement which quite frankly doesn't always get the response well father says so then certainly someone's (laughs) going to do it actually if you and your friends who are really strong in the the adoration Mm -hmm. and if uh, in coordination with father or deacon or who's ever responsible if you're able to help guide and direct and and plan that then you can fulfill those hours in your parish and i know that's easier said than done and if we're not then maybe as a parish we need to look and make a recommendation of maybe we need to change our times you know so because we want to make sure that the lord gives due reverence in the blessed sacrament
2: absolutely well that is all for today's um straight talk i'm like about to say live drive <laughs> thank you to those who called in with any of your questions remember this segment's on every 9:30 central every wednesday thursday tuesday if i can get the words out we're going to take a quick break it's the top of the hour we'll be back in just a moment